News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, Saskatchewan. I'm Rick Van Dabnick, and you're listening to Garden Talk. And uh, this is a great time of the year. I love this time of the year because of all the colors. So if you want to join me today, uh, just text or call me at one 332 8255 That's one 332 8255 So that's call or text. And uh, you can join us here on the show. Yeah, the fall is a, my, one of my favorite times. When the color comes on, I mean, you're looking at in the trees. Some of my favorites are Amur maple. There's some just outside my window right now. You can see them in full uh, orange and red color right now. Uh, another one that people is, is fairly new and it's been around. This one's called the uh, red rocket uh, maple, which is a, it's a more upright uh, red maple and a beautiful color. Uh, it tends to be like to be in more of a older area of the town. It's not going to be great for acreages and that kind of thing. It's just not quite hardy enough for that area. Another one's called autumn blaze. That's a great big maple that you normally see out in Ontario or BC, and that one there turns a bright color as well. And for shrubs, uh, uh, everybody's favorite is things like the uh, the Virginia creeper, which you can grow on a, on a trellis, or uh, and you can turns a beautiful red color in the fall. Dogwoods, burning bush, uh, some of my favorite hydrangeas turn a great color in the fall with the, even the, get a, the beautiful blooms. Uh, one of my favorites is little lime. Uh, it just just in the fall, the, even the blooms turn a nice sort of an orangey color, and even the leaves do. Uh, Catoniaster, the old standby hedge, that one's just bright, bright red right now. And so, and same with the cranberry bushes. So those are great ones that that uh, that plants that you can that I love for the for the for this time of the season. And when you're thinking about planting your yards, that's a great one to put in your yards as well. Uh, we do have some text callers that came in right away in the morning, so we'll get to some of those right away here. Um, uh, here's one from, uh, we can talk from Sarah and Colonze. It says, good morning. Um, is it better to transplant pink sensation uh, hydrangeas into the flower bed or keep them inside for the house or winter, and how do I look after that? The pink sensation is probably one that's not that very hardy here, so you're better off to keep it inside the house uh, for the winter time. Uh, bottom line is I like to let it get a little bit cool, some of the cool nights just to be able to shut it down. And then once you, but you don't want it to get the ground to freeze. And then you want to bring it inside, put it in a pot, trim it back in half at least, and then put it in a spot where it's kind of in a cool, a little bit darker place. And then just sort of, so it goes dormant. You want to water it maybe once, uh, once a month or just at least every couple of weeks, stick your finger into the soil. I want the soil to be dry, but uh, not bone, bone dry. And then uh, next spring, you can actually, actually with that one there, if you wanted to in March, you could bring it up into the bright spot of the house and start watering it more often and even fertilizing it and uh, get it ready to put out next year again. So that one, that one there. Also, we have um, we have a good morning. Uh, it says here I have I have an African violet that we're having some white specks on the leaves. Uh, took a picture, zoomed in. A little bug with six long legs. Uh, the specks aren't moving. What kind of bugs do you think they are? Look green in color. Uh, sounds like they might be an aphid. Uh, the only thing you were seeing is white specks, but that could be some of the um, the carcasses that were sort of sheds its skin. So the best thing to do is if you have the, that picture, uh, if you want to, if you want to email it to Rick at DutchGrowers.com, then I could take a better look at what the picture looks like. I could tell you right away. So that's a good one to do there. Also, we have Jim from Shell Lake. 
Good morning. Uh, uh, oh, that's one here. It's not for me. Here we're gonna go. Right, we're gonna go right to Paul here. Paul is waiting on the line here from Saskatoon. Good morning, Paul. What's your question for me? Morning, Rick. You're getting pretty good at this, right? <laughs> so let's, let's keep it on on the on the on the good part here. <laughs> yeah. Um, my water barrels are full. Yep. And uh, I've harvested all my my gardens and stuff. Yep. Is it too late to flood my trees? Give them the last drink of water. Yeah, it is a little bit too early. Okay. Well, uh, too early. Too early. If you want to give them the last flood, I like giving them the last flood uh, uh, after the first week in October. Oh, okay. okay. Just before the ground freezes. Right now, I want them to shut down because a lot of leaves are still green, right? Yep. And they haven't turned color yet. There's some, obviously, some that have started turning color. But I want them to shut down, okay? So especially if you've got maples and birches and those kind of things. Uh, pines. I, yeah. Pines. I want them to shut down. If I give them a shot of water, and it was like 30 degrees in Saskatoon yesterday, yep. that's just going to say, okay, I'm hokey-dory. I'm going to keep going, okay? Okay. So wait until we get some good frost. And then, like I said, after the first week in October, then you can give them one last good soaking. And even if you wait to the second or third week in October, that's fine as well. Before it freezes. Before, before your your oxy, your your, your uh, water barrels freeze too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much, buddy. You're welcome. Bye. So we also have here Tom from Choiceland. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Yes, uh, we just got lately in our garden. There's white or off-white spots on everything, like on the beet leaves, on the. On the cucumber leaves, everything. Mom said even on the onions, everything. Like, like what? What's doing that? If you have white spots on them, usually that's a sign that you have powdery mildew starting. So you got one thing at the watch with the white spots is that, um, especially if you're if you're watering from over top. So like you have sprinklers, and yeah. you're watering over top. Make sure that you're definitely watering in the morning. And and so just before this, like when the sun, just right when the sun can dry off the leaves, okay? Right. Do not water in the evening, okay? If you water in the evening, it has to be early in the evening when the sun can still dry off the plants, okay? That's very important. But if you're getting these white spots, it's most likely a fungal, and it's probably because of high humidity in the garden. And so you want to you want to just be careful about that. And if you can, the best way is to water especially for a lot of plants is to water at the base of the plant okay rather than over top right like peppers and that i know that underneath and yeah. tomatoes and all exactly that. the over top and cucumbers especially pumpkins don't like having them on top of the leaves all the time so just if you do that you'll have a lot less problems and what you can do is you can use garden sulfur as well and also you can actually what helps too is just actually mix water and a little bit of milk and the protein from the milk will help burn off all that a lot of that as well so just water and some milk. Yep, that'll work. Yeah, because I don't know. All of a sudden, it just showed up, eh? and and um, like uh, like yep. I'm, I'm disabled, so I really can't make it out to the garden. Yep. But Mom was bringing in these leaves and showing me, and she's saying, "Yeah, and it's on everything." She said, "Even on the onion stems." Yeah, especially when you get the high, the high heat and the high humidity. That's when you'll get those kind of issues. So just watch your watering, and if you want, put a garden fungicide on the plants, and you'll be fine. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. I love your show. Thank you. So, uh, some of the things we can also uh, remember about this time of the year is uh, the summer bulbs. And people were asking me about the summer bulbs. um, uh, Things like your canna lilies, your callas, your begonias, 
your gladiola bulbs, things that you planted in the spring, or you started in the house with the begonias, obviously, in, earlier in, in, in February, and then put them out in the spring. Now is the time when you want to leave them in the ground a little bit longer, and you want them to get a, one, la, one little light frost on them. Some place in Saskatchewan had a bit of frost already. And so uh, once you have that little bit of frost, you can then dig them out. And if there's still green leaves on them, make sure that you just set them on a piece of paper or hang them if you want and let the, let the tops go totally brown. That's the energy going back into the bulb. And then you can, um, then you, after that, you can, uh, you can store them like you would normally for this, for the wintertime, just like when you got them in a little bit of peat moss or sawdust or, or those kind of things. Anyways, this is the end of this segment. So this uh, this is Rick Van Dominic. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning, Saskatchewan and beyond. Uh, I'm Rick Van Dominic, and this is Garden Talk. You can give us a call at one 332 8255 That's 1-877-332. 332-8255. That's for your phone call or text. You can join us here and uh, just like Morris from Hendon. Good morning, Morris. How are you doing? Very good. Are you running the show yourself today, are you? I'm running the show myself. It's a little bit nerve-wracking. There's so many buttons and screens, and but we're doing okay. Yeah. Okay. I phoned in about the stem rot a couple of weeks ago. Why yes. is it continuing in our tomatoes after we picked them? Yeah, that's because that's because they had had that in it. They had in, in the in the in the garden. They've had it in it already. So okay. you already had the problem in the in the in the plant, yep. and so uh, now it formed as just a small little tiny spot. And then once you picked it, as as it ripens, it'll just continue. Okay. okay. Um, so just next year, you've got to remember consistent watering, and also add some calcium into your into your fertilizer mix. Yeah, we and, do. Yep. Yeah, but you're, you got to, this year is really tough. It really was, uh, just because it was so hot. It was really hard to be consistent with the watering because yeah. you'd almost have to give it a little bit of water three times a day, you know, uh, just to be able to keep them at that right moisture. But because people were giving them a good soak at the beginning of the day and went out to work or did their daily chores or whatever they were doing. And then by the time they came to look at them in the evening again, they were bone dry and then they gave them a good watering again. And yeah, it was just a, it was, I, I call it a write off here. Uh, but uh, next year's going to be better. Yeah, and then the aromas, they don't get it as bad. Yep, no, the aromas won't get it as bad. They're, they're nice, sh- they're, they, you, because of the shape, I think, a lot of it is, uh, that you won't get it quite as bad in the aromas, but uh, you can still get in the aromas, but they're a little bit resistant to that. We've had, we've had 12 varieties of tomatoes here, and the aromas really was standing the rest of them were terrible. Yeah, well, and there again, uh, for next year, you'll know which one you have to plant the most of. Yeah, right. Okay, well, thank you, Morris. Yeah, right. bye-bye. Have a good day. So uh, we have also here on the text line, um, we have uh, Ken Jones from Regina. Do I need a root starter when trying to grow coleus cuttings? Direct in water, potting mix, um, uh, and how and how deep? Uh, basically, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can root them in just in, in a cup of water. Uh, you can do that as well. If you want to put them into a potting mix, uh, the best thing to do is to put them into put a little bit more perlite into the potting mix, or use almost like a cactus mix even because uh, it's a little more porous. And then use our stem root number one. 
uh, rooting hormone, and that'll help them root way faster and way better. And then also they do like a little bit of bottom heat as well, just like when you're starting your seeds. So that'll work good for that. Um, and we also have a collar here. It doesn't have a name or a place, but I purchased a big roll of, of burlap. Is it still early, too early to, to, uh, to wrap sastoon raspberries, rolls, lilacs, blueberries, except for deer control? That's what they're using it for. Um, do we water anymore? Uh, Southwest Kindersley is pretty dry. Um, so what, basically what you want to do is that it is a bit early. The, the, I'm finding the deer, um, aren't quite going after some of those plants just yet. They're nibbling, but they're not really destroying the plants. Uh, that's what I'm seeing in my acreage. So if you want to, you could wrap them, but I, I would suggest waiting until at least to, to middle to end of October to cover them. And for watering, just slow down on the watering right now. Get them ready for, for wintertime, especially raspberries. I mean, they want to stay green right through. So I want to shut them down, uh, slow down the watering, give them enough water just to keep them alive, and that's about it. Um, so also they talked to here, they also asked about groundskeeper fertilizer, which is made right in Saskatchewan, a great product. Uh, can they put it into the vegetable garden in the fall? Uh, how much for, or is it just for lawns? No, I use groundskeeper for, uh, because it has phosphorus, it has sulfur in it to lower the pH, it has iron in it, uh, and it does, only it doesn't have a high nitrogen, only has a 16 nitrogen, so you could use it in the garden as well. Uh, Basically, I'd, I'd fertilize the garden just like I was going to fertilize the lawn, just putting a, a, a light um, um, a spreader amount onto the garden and just work it into the soil. It'll be fine there. Um, I bought a, here's another uh, call, another one from, um, uh, bought a couple of little roses, bushes this year, but I couldn't decide where to plant them. Will they be surviving in pots in a heated garage over winter? Um, yes, they will. As long as the garage is more closer to zero, that's where they'll do the best. Okay. Um, um, if it's, if it's a really warm garage, like above five degrees, they won't do as well because they'll want to grow and they need a time to, to really shut down. One of the things, probably the best thing to do is if it's, if it's still in the pot is plant that, that out in, in, right in the garden somewhere, uh, pot and all. Uh, if, if that's the best thing to do and just, and just give it a good watering and planted pot and all. And then if you want to put some mulch like leaves or, or bark mulch or something around it, just to protect it. And then you don't have to worry about, you know, whether it's going to dry out in the garage or anything else. That's probably what I would do is probably one of the best things to do for that one. Uh, we also now have James in Saskatoon. Good morning, James. Your morning. Question. How are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. Hey, we uh, live just south of the city. Um, on an acreage, mm -hmm. sandy soil, yes. and we have a lot of spruce trees that where the needles are turning yellow yep. on the inside and kind of working their way out. Should we be watering? We're starting, but what's the best way to water? Yeah, what you want to do, especially in the, in the sand areas, it was, it was so dry this year, right? So probe your soil with a piece of rebar, okay? See what the moisture level's like. If you got moisture there, because we did have rain a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, if there's still some moisture in the ground, I like using rebar because there's little ribs on, on, on the, on the, on the, on the bars. And when you stick it in 12 inches in the ground and you bring it up, you'll see it'll pull some, a little sample up with it. 
And so that's, and do that around the drip line of the trees. And then you'll be able to tell if there's any, if there's moisture there, just leave them. Okay. Cause they'll shut down. Uh, the yellow on, on spruce on pine trees is normal. I'm seeing a lot of, uh, yellow to even brown on the inside of, of spruces. That could be a couple of things in the really, really dry years. Like we have right now, spider mite has been brutal on this, on the spruce trees. And it's always from the bottom inside up and out. Okay. Okay. That's where it's the worst. So you may have to do some uh, using some um, uh, some insecticidal soap like Endol or something like that, or using malathion on the, on the, on the spider mites. And with with it still being really warm right now, you can give it one shot now and then some more in June next year. Okay. Okay. And uh, so watching that, also watching if you're south of town, Saskatoon, if you're south, you said south of Saskatoon, right in that sandy yeah. area, they, yeah. there is a needle cast problem in that area too. So you may want to bring a sample in for someone to take a look at, and then that way you can identify if it's needle cast and you might have to use some copper sulfate as well, okay? And so, uh, but otherwise, uh, give them, if there's moisture there, don't water them now, and then give them a good drink about the first, second week in October, Really soak them in if you can then. Okay. Okay. Where would I take them to be tested or looked at? Oh, just take them to your local garden center. You can bring them to our garden center if you want. One of the one of the experts there will be able to tell you what it is. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you very much. You have a great day. You too. Bye. So we have on the text here, we also have uh, I had an Amur maple for about five years, and it doesn't turn the nice red color. Lots of seeds on the tree. It's healthy. What do I need it to turn red? Uh, this is from Linda from Regina. Uh, one thing is important about maples is that uh, always stop fertilizing around, fertilize in May and June, and then if you're going to fertilize the maples, and then that's it. Uh, they just want to... They just want to keep growing, okay? And then once we get around September long weekend, shut the water off. So if you're watering your lawn, if it's if the trees in the lawn or in the shrub bed or whatever are getting sprinklers hit, hit from the sprinklers from the lawn, you got to slow down on the watering. You got to get that plant to shut down. And once it shuts down, it'll turn color for you. Uh, it's maybe because the ground is too wet or you've been fertilizing it too long into the season, and it'll stay green and want to keep growing right to the end. And it's not great, especially for the, uh, like I was talking before, those autumn blaze maples and the red rocket maples. Amir maples are a lot tougher, but those other ones, uh, you want to shut them down, otherwise they'll get tip kill on them as well. So just make sure you do that, and then you'll be fine. Good morning. Transplanting some small spruce trees. Is it better to move them in the fall or wait until the spring? Uh, the fall is a great time uh, you can plant. I just finished planting about 22 different spruces in my yard. I'm just, I'm, I was just finishing planting them. I was doing some putty filling in, filling soil in around them and staking them just last night. So you can plant them in the fall or otherwise do them in the first thing in the spring as soon as the frost is out of the ground. So you can do it either time and that will work just perfect. So here, so um, uh, one of the things we remember is that now is also the time you can plant your fall bulbs, so your daffodils, tulips, and uh, and your crocuses. If you're thinking about planting those, this is a great time to get them in the ground. They're available at all the stores. You'll see them around, and so for some beautiful spring color, that's the perfect thing. I'm Rick Van Davenek. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Davidek and we'd like you to join us here at 1-877-332-8255. 1-877-332-8255 and that's the call or the text. We're going to go to the text line right now. Uh, Debbie from Regina. Good morning. Is it too early to cut back your perennials? 
and how do you winter uh, canna lilies? So um, perennials, myself personally, I like to cut back my perennials in the spring. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like doing that, especially hostas and that, because they get all kind of mushy after they've been underneath the snow. But the reason why I like to do it, because I like to be just like would nature would, would take care of the perennials. A lot of the perennials, they'll have either stems sticking up out of the, out of the, out of the, out of the snow, and they actually act as a little, uh, uh, uh snow, snow, snow break, and then catches more snow. And then that way it protects the plants. And also, also some of them just lay the flat like the hostas and they actually act as a mulch, which helps just naturally protect them from some of the frost as well. So I like myself, you can prune them back in the fall. And I would do that after a, after a couple of good frosts. And so you're not going to do that until about the middle of October to end of October. Uh, otherwise, I just like leaving mine till the spring. And how do I uh, store canna lilies? Make sure that if you're they're still they're still pretty green and still blooming right now. And so if you want, uh, just let a couple frost hit them, but you have to dig them out before the ground freezes. Or if you're worried about you're going to go away or whatever, you're going to miss it, you can dig them up and leave the tops on them and then let the tops dry naturally until until they turn brown. And then you can cut them off and then you can store them in a dry location with in a bit of peat moss or sawdust or anything. Or you can use a paper bag, as I like using a paper bag, or you can use a plastic bag that you put a lot of perforations into it and make sure that there's just a just a little titch of uh, of moisture in that peat moss. If you put too much, they're just going to mold and uh, and go bad on you. So just make sure that, that you do it that way. Um, also here, I have a caller here. Um, I have Swedish aspens that are suckering, and the roots can be felt just below my grass when you walk. Uh, they are located at the lowest point of the yard uh, and get water from the sprinklers three times a week. Any thoughts of why these trees are about seven years old? and why um, they were doing this. So Swedish aspens don't normally sucker. Tower poplars sucker like crazy. Swedish aspens don't. The only time they'll sucker is if you nick the roots, like if with aerating it or you dig a trench or whatever, and that's when they'll tend to sucker the most, or if the tree's under stress. Uh, so if you find the tree itself has a bore in it or or something's wrong with it, uh, one thing you got to watch for is that you said it's in the low part of the yard. Is you do have to watch that the um, that you might have to just watch that they are being stressed. They might be just too wet, and so you might just need to aerate the soil around them. Just poke holes in the ground and just aerate the soil and put some oxygen in the soil if they're if you if they're in that kind of a low spot just to help them uh, to be able to have some air into the soil. Also, we have here Mark from Bigger. Uh, even uh, even though we water the mature spruce trees faithfully all summer, some are browning from the inside. Uh, also, not watered, the pines are blowing from uh, browning from the inside as well. So, uh, the spider mite has been huge. And so, if they're going from the inside, you probably had the spider mites went in just uh, went out of control. Basically, they're reproducing like crazy when it's this hot. And uh, so you have to you have to bring those numbers down. That that's the biggest issue there is just bringing the numbers down. Uh, also next year, make sure you fertilize, um, especially first thing in the spring, and then that'll help get some growth in. You won't see all that brown from the inside. But uh, you need to get rid of those spider mites. Either use malathion or blasting with cold water or using insecticidal soap. Some ways to bring the, those numbers down is what you have to do for sure. Um, 
We also have a caller here from Monica in Saskatoon. I uh, would like to bring my majestic palms in for the winter. How can I care for them when I bring them in? Yeah, now it's time to get and re- get those ones ready to come in because they won't like any frost at all. Any of your, any of your tropical plants that you put in your planters outside or just give them a, a vacation, a stay vacation outside on your, on your deck for the summer. The biggest thing you want to do with those is you, while they're outside still and it's still pretty, we're still having pretty good temperatures. You want to, you want to at least, uh, at least two, at least twice if you can, um, uh, spray them down with insecticidal soap, spray them with water, uh, using ambush on them is, works really well. And you want to get rid of the spider mite and you want to get rid of any insects that might be hitchhiking it on. So if, you, if you're not sure, you need to do it about 10 days apart and I would do it up to three times. And so you might have to just put it into the garage and if, it's, if the temperatures get colder to be able to stick them outside and spray them down and then bring them back inside again. Uh, because you don't want to bring them inside with the other house plants and bring all those hitchhikers along. That's the key for bringing those ones. And uh, otherwise, just put it in a bright spot. The palms like a bright spot. It doesn't have to be in direct sunlight. It can be in but bright light. And uh, and then you want to fertilize them at least once per month uh, for the rest of the, for the rest of the until next next uh, basically uh, end of March, beginning of April. And then you can start going twice a month and start getting them to grow again. So we have here, also we have uh, Marlene from Saskatoon. Uh, do I continue water the grass as usual or to cut back on watering? Uh, when do I stop watering? When do I apply fall fertilizer? That's a great question. Fall fertilizer, you can start applying any time now. You want to make sure you water it in after you apply it. Uh, otherwise, your lawns, yeah, you, you can start shutting down the, 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 the water in the lawns. The only reason I, I tell you to shut it down is because around the lawns, you all have your trees planted in your grass and you have your shrubs right on the edge where the, where the, where the, the sprinklers are hitting them anyways. And so you basically want your, your plants to all start slowing down. So you can start slowing down your, your, your watering as well. And then, uh, uh, probe the soil. <laughs> like I say, even with the shrubs and trees, I probe the soil with the moisture with the rebar. And you can always poke your, your rebar into the ground in your grass area, you know, down, you know, four to six inches. And if there's moisture there, your grass is fine this time of the year. You don't need to do it. But if you have some dry spots, uh, then you may have to do some watering. But otherwise, like I said, slow down on your watering and all your, um, all, all your all your plants. So um, we have here uh, Patty from Melford. Uh, I still have some lilies and dwarf lilacs in pots. Can we plant them or should we harden them off and bring them inside? Plant them. Absolutely plant them. And then one thing I do, especially for the lilies, is just mulch them heavy for the first winter. That's really all you really need to do is, uh, and, and they'll be fine. Give them a good watering after you plant them and, uh, give them some root booster type of fertilizer and they'll be just fine. Um, here we go. I really like your show. Thank you very much. Uh, this is Harry from Emma Lake, uh, up north there. Uh, Carl Foster grass and dogwood shrubs for winter. Uh, when, sh- when should we do, do we need to get them ready? Um, we planted them this past spring or summer. Carl Foster grass is really tough. Uh, and so is the dogwoods. Basically what you want to do right now is just, uh, you don't need to do anything with them really than just, uh, slow down the watering right now, uh, so that dogwoods should be turning color. Uh, the, the Carl Forster grass should be going into seed. And so, uh, the, and they'd love to be just stuck above the snow. That gives you great color. Uh, if you're gonna be 
shutting down the cabin completely, not going back up there until next spring, then the last thing you do before you, you shut it down for good is just give them a good soaking, give them a good water, and they'll be fine that way. So um, that's all you really need to do for that. So that's, that's an easy one. Um, Greg from Wyota. Uh, planted some new grass, a couple uh, seeds a couple of weeks ago. Can you see uh, see it just starting to come up? Is wondering if there's anything I should do. Uh, no, all you really need to do right now is just just leave it as it is. And uh, if if it starts getting really tall, which I doubt if it will, you probably won't need to cut it unless it gets over two inches tall. Other than that, just uh, keep it moist, but don't don't overwater it because I want it to. As we start getting cooler, I want it to start shutting down. And so that's the best thing to do with that. And um, and uh, next spring, you can give it a, a shot of fertilizer if you want. And then well, it's best to give it a shot of fertilizer next spring. And then just to get it started up and, and growing really good. So I'm Rick Van Davendijk, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Davendijk, and I'd like you to join me here on... Uh, the phone or by text and what by one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. One announcement I have here that came on my text line is that uh, Honeywood uh, Heritage Nursery out in Parkside, Saskatchewan. They usually this weekend they have their Touch of Autumn, uh, which is scheduled, has been canceled today during uh, because of COVID precautions. Visitors are welcome to look around on their own, uh, and after today, phone ahead to ensure that the staff is still there. So uh, today you can still go there on your own, but some of the facilities, uh, some of the other things they had going, like their tractor rides and. They had some other um, uh, entertainment going on and those kind of things. That's been all canceled today. So you can still go there. A great place to go and check it out is the Honeywood Nurseries out in Parkside, Saskatchewan. Uh, Mary Ann in Nipawin. Hello. How are you today? Good, thank you. Uh, question. I have a blackberry raspberry tree. Yes. And I want to cut it down, not down, but trim it right back for the winter. Can I do that? Yeah, or you, do I have to wait till spring? Uh, you can do it, but I, I like I like leaving to spring because then it catches snow, right? And just yeah. protects it because your your blackberry raspberry, um, I'm not sure which one you have, but it, it's... Um, it's the black bush. It's the black bush. It's, they're, they're a little bit touchy if we get a really bad, especially if we don't get any uh, snow. So I would suggest with them is even if you mulch them with leaves or something like that, uh, if we don't get snow in November. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I like leaving them up and trimming them down first thing in the spring because they catch more snow that way. Okay. But you can trim them in the fall. Uh, just do it uh, about the middle of October, once, they, once, a, once a good frost hits the leaves. Okay, okay, great. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye. So we have on the tech, back of the text line, we have here a um, caller from Regina's Jean. Uh, I, we have a rose that we've neglected this year. Minimal care. Anything we can do to aid them in for fall for better bloom and growth next year. Uh, just probe the soil. If there's if it's really really dry, just give them a, one shot of water right now, but only enough just to don't really wet them bad. Just give them enough just to moisten them up. And then once, uh, then, then the next time you want to give them a good moisture because there's probably still green leaves on most of the roses. So they're still transpiring with, especially with the heat we had today uh, or yesterday. And we're still going to have, you know, up in the, in the low teens uh, and a low, tw- uh, high teens or low twenties. And so they're going to be transpiring and they're still green. So, but I want them to shut down so it's good. I don't want to give them, get them started up again. So just, um, 
keep them keep them just on the on the hint of moisture, and then about the middle of October, give them one last good soak, and then they're fine. And then what I tell people right now is all their ash trees, like I'm looking out over the river, and all the ash trees are are, are turning color right now, and some ashes are actually dropping their leaves. If you're gonna pick up all your leaves and put them into the compost, I'd suggest put them into a garbage bag, and then once you have the garbage bag filled up. Put them into the corner of the, of the garden somewhere where you don't see them and you don't have to look at them all the time. But keep them, don't put them in the compost just yet because if we get, like we had in a bunch of years, you get sometimes into November, December, we have no snow. And then you have some of those perennials or those roses, they take a big hit when we get no snow uh, and you get pretty cold weather, like below minus 15. And so then if you have those bags around, then you have something that you can use for for, for insulating those plants if we don't get any snow until until late into the into the winter, into the beginning of the winter time. So that's the best thing to do there. Um, should we, uh, another one we have here, uh, we have um, someone calling their mother has in swift current asked about taking a pot with coleus. Should this be done and where required? And yes, you can, you can keep the coleus all for the wintertime. Just what you want to bring and do is bring it inside and put it in a place, even a basement if you want. With, this has a little wind, a basement window coming in, or it's maybe a little bit cooler down in the basement. And then you can just trim them back if you want. And then just minimal water. Just, just I don't want them to go bone dry. And then the coleus, what I want to do is, once we get toward the end of February, is bring them up into the light, not direct sunlight, but bright light, and then start getting to grow again. And then you can uh, they'll be ready to put out in the spring again. Um, Greg from Weout, I love your show, thank you. Uh, planted some new grass seed a couple weeks ago. Um, there again, there's another one where, um, uh, just wondering what you do this fall or next. There again, that's the same thing there. Just make sure that your, you, uh, the plants, you just don't want to dry out. You just want to keep moisture, but you don't want it to get, you want it to get a growth as much as they can before the, before the real frost come. And then next spring, give them their spring fertilizer and then they'll just take off from there. Uh, we have a caller, uh, a text line here from um, from Christopher Lake. Uh, is there any way to protect my carrots from getting maggots other than using poison? Uh, one thing you got to do is for carrots or onions or those kind of things, the best way to protect them from maggots is that you use a, a crop cover, or basically we call them crop covers. It's a white uh, fabric, which is uh, it's it, it lets light through and moisture through. In the spring, as soon as those plants pop out of the ground. Uh, make sure before that, as soon as you seed, put the crop cover over top of them and leave it there. And actually, if you can put some little sticks or something that you can prop the, the crop cover off the ground by, you know, six inches or so, that's great. You can even buy some with little wires that have little hoop houses type of thing. They only stand about six, about 12 inches high. And then that's just enough to keep the flies from landing on the new sprouts that come up. When they land in the new sprouts, that's when they lay the eggs and then the maggots go down, especially for onions. And so if you do that in the spring, uh, after a little while, the flies will actually be waiting for your crop to come up because you did that the last year. And so what they'll do is after a little while, they'll take off and go lay their eggs somewhere else and you won't have that issue. So just remember to do that and it'll be all good there. Good morning. We grow cucumber squash and zucchini um, uh, in our raised beds. Can we chop them up for compost and 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 uh, compost back into the raised beds? Absolutely, as long as you had no fungals or diseases in your plants, then you can actually chop them out and compost them. Let them break down and work them right into. That's not a problem at all. And so, um, 
another one we have is it too late to prune birch trees? No, now's the time to prune birch trees. It's very important to prune birch, birch trees this time of the year. And so uh, birches and maples, you want to do it in, in August, September is the best time to do it. We have a caller. I think we have time to do this here yet, and we'll put them on. We have Larry. Good morning, Larry. Oh, good morning, Rick. Your question. Uh, well, my question is, is that I planted some uh, super hot chilies yep. and some habaneros by seed. Yep. It was early June, so it was pretty late. Yep. Um, the super chilies are doing fine, but the habaneros are kind of dwarfing. Can I move those in the house, and what size pot can I put them in? Yeah, put them in not too big of a pot, um, So, but you have to take a little, quite a big earth, chunk of earth with them, okay? Uh, okay. The problem with putting them in with this earth is that I would put them in a little bit bigger pot than what you're going to dig in the amount of soil you're going to dig out, and then put some potting soil and mix around them so they don't get hard. Otherwise, your, your topsoil in your garden will just get really hard inside of a pot, okay? So okay. you can bring them inside, try to keep the root ball intact. That's important. If they go bare root, then they probably will end up just dying. Okay? Okay, yeah, that's very helpful. Great. Thank you. So we have here, let's see, uh, less in grasswood, hydro-seeded grass, mostly fescue this summer. I have irrigated, so grew very well. Uh, have areas of yellow and red color, wa- wondering why. Uh, if they're yellow and red color, it could be that you're just having some, you shouldn't have a fungal in there this time, it, it, being such a young plant. I think you might be just having some issues with your soil in that area, so you might have to do some soil tests in that area and you might have to use a more of a sulfur-based fertilizer uh, just so that the plants can take up nutrients a little bit better. So we have here, we have here uh, hydrocyte grass. Reader from Saskatoon, I have an orchid that's just finished dropping the flowers. What to do with it now? Orchids, when they finish flowering, transplant them. Put them in, even if you transplant them and put a, a, a bark mix into them and they'll do just great and go make sure you get an orchid-style pot for them uh, when they drop their flowers, the best time is to transplant them, and they'll do way better, and they'll bloom a lot quicker. I'm Rick Van Damnick. You're listening to Garden Talk here on 650 CQM and 980 CJME.